Hi, it's Andrea and Marianne, the Sister Tipsters. We're two moms, wives, and sisters juggling work, kids, and all the challenges life throws our way. We're here to encourage everyone to move their body for at least 10 minutes a day while learning tips for navigating life. Take the time to improve your health and grow your mind. Now let's get moving. We're back again with another Did You Know episode focusing on our favorite health topics. We had so much fun the first time, or maybe that was just me because I love talking <laughs> you do, about it. You do stuff. love talking about it. But we got a few more things we wanted to get out there to you and that we wanted to discuss. So we're ready to get moving again, literally and figuratively. So I'm just going to jump right in where we left off. So my first question or comment for you, we've talked about dancing and music on other episodes, but we've got another reason for us to get up and get moving and start dancing. I've heard that dancing each day or even learning a new musical instrument can significantly reduce your chances of dementia. Tell us how that works. Yeah, this one's pretty cool. Um, In the New England Journal of Medicine in 2003, research showed that regular dancing reduced the risk of dementia by 76%. Ooh, that's high. It's a lot. You heard me right. Yeah, it's a lot. 76%. So what happens is um, dancing stimulates the brain and the body as it creates new neural pathways. And that's the key. Those new neural pathways are what helps us. And the same is true for playing a musical instrument as it improves brain plasticity. So that's kind of a strange term there, but if you didn't know that already, we want our brain to have plasticity. That's an important thing for the health of it. Um, In 2014, they did a study on twins and they showed that six months of learning to play the piano stabilized white matter microstructure in the fornix, which sounds a little weird, but again, this is important. The fornix is important for memory recall and cognition. So the bottom line, we want stable, healthy white matter in our fornix. So that's what we're going for. So this is a good thing. Um, And so these are two activities that I think are pretty um, accessible to a lot of people learning some kind of new musical instrument. We didn't say what kind. So you got some leadway there and dancing regularly. These are two activities that not only have the potential for some serious health benefits, but let's be honest, they can also be fun. They could be easy to do by yourself if that's what you choose or with others. We're not saying anyone has to listen to you play these musical instruments. We're not saying anyone has to see you dancing. <laughs> or that they have to like so it. So to me, right, exactly. So to me, this is a no-brainer. Oh, no. <laughs> is that another bad joke? Sorry. I know, but <laughs> we're talking about brain health. So anyway, you get the point. I think this is something that we all could kind of sneak into our life on a regular basis. Yes, maybe we need a little help on our, our jokes, but we'll, we'll get better at those. <laughs> so I like this next one because... Um, we've talked about fermented food and how it's in this one is we're going to talk about how it's good for your gut health. Um, but I used to cringe at the thought of fermented food. And I think you've brought this up before that we need to incorporate it more in our diet, but like people putting sauerkraut on their hot dogs was not really my thing. And then I found out that there were a million types of sauerkraut out there and I lean more towards spicy ones, jalapenos, pickles, that kind of thing. Um, but I've started to listen to you and get into those f- fermented foods. So tell us why those are important and why they're good for our health, our gut health. Okay. And I would agree. They do. It sounds a little like creepy, <laughs> but they're so important. Um, so in Stanford Medicine News in 2021, Stanford researchers had discovered that a 10-week diet high in fermented food boosts your microbiome diversity and improves immune response as it decreases inflammatory proteins. So I'm going to just break that down there. Being inflamed is not healthy for us. 
So inflammation is the root cause of a lot of health issues. And if you can improve that microbiome, so the, the gut diversity, the good bacteria that's in there and the quantity of it and the quality of it, and again, the diversity, the different kinds, if you can improve that um, in your gut, you're improving not just your intestinal health, but your, which makes better absorption of food and nutrients, but you're improving your immune system. So eating foods such as pickles, sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, kombucha, um, I'm going to mess up probably some of the tempeh, yogurt, and miso are all examples of fermented foods. So hopefully I know, I and examples right. of hard to um, say words. I, just, <laughs> I know, right? Or some that we're just less familiar yes. with. But um, so, some of you may already eat these foods and be laughing at me pronouncing <laughs> them and may, um, in your regular diet, and that's great. But are you eating enough of them? I mean, look at that study. They said 10 weeks of a diet high in it. So you know, are we all being consistent enough? And maybe if you aren't eating any of these foods and, you know, like me, when I first read that list a, a long time ago, I was like, mm, I don't know, like half those things. Well, maybe it's time to pick a new one each week and just try it and try for a few weeks. And, you know, all right, try to get beyond even how it tastes. That's fun if it tastes good or you can figure out how to incorporate. But how do you feel? How does your gut seem to be doing? How are you doing with your immune system health wise? So, um, you know, I mean, that's obviously that's what I'm pushing here is all the health benefits. But besides that, maybe you're going to find a new a few new foods that you actually enjoy eating. Um, and that would be fun. I know. And even <laughs> finding a good way to just incorporate them into your diet. So I've got, you know, autoimmune issues. And I've said before that I try my best to follow a, a gluten free diet. And so one way I've accomplished both of these is that a lot of times when I eat a burger, I eat a cheeseless burger on a, you know, glob of sauerkraut and I get my condiments and no bun and it's actually really delicious. And like I said, I got a little spice there. I usually have some some spicy um, peppers or pickles or something like that on there. And it's actually really good. And I get the gluten-free, I get the fermented foods, I get all of this good stuff in there and it's just become kind of a new normal for me. So even picking something that you will eat this with all the time has been helpful to me of kind of getting it incorporated into my diet, enjoying it, um, and liking it. So I'm just going to add one more thing about sauerkraut here that I think is important to know. Um, there are different ways to make sauerkraut. So this is something you want to be careful of. So many benefits of sauerkraut, but you want it to be cold fermented. Um, my understanding is that with the heat process, it kind of kills more of the benefits and the good bacteria. So something to look at. And I'm sure that's, you know, with all of them, you want to be properly making these and handling them. So just a side note on the sauerkraut, which I do love, and there are so many varieties, but look for something that's more, um, that's cold fermented and look for it to specifically have higher nutrients. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I know that I think my first knowledge of sauerkraut was always a hot fermented um, or warm fermented. I don't know the correct terminology, but um, so that's good to know <laughs> that that is a distinct difference and something we should look for. So, um, but going from those fermented foods, we're going to move on to something that's a little bit more my jam. And we're going to talk about some exercise and different types of exercise. And we want to note that this one is you can get similar and sometimes even greater benefits from short duration HIT H-I-I-T, HIT training versus just having a moderate steady state training. Yeah, and this is fun because listen, we all want to save time and we all want to pack more like benefit in a shorter amount of time. So this is one I think that could appeal to all of us. Um, 
There's been a lot of studies looking at this and picking apart the different benefits of exercise, but what they're what we're talking about with HIT or high intensity interval exercise is that it's characterized by repeated short bursts of intense activity that are performed with a near maximal or like we'd kind of call it like an all out, an all out effort with periods of rest or lower or moderate intensity exercise. So it's gotta be going back and forth. So some of those HIIT exercises date back to the early 1990s with the work of Dr. Tabata. But um, some of the original studies from 2014 to 15 were done with exercising on a bike for like seven or eight minutes, but but HIIT exercise. So um, like high intensity intervals and then backing off high intensity intervals. But they found that there were great benefits in those short periods of time. Um, and again, the, the HIIT exercises, you know, the bike was the study, but there's a variety of ways to do it. Um, no weights or equipment. Um, for that one, they did it just on biking. You could do it walking or running. You could do it a whole bunch of different ways. But bottom line, don't be intimidated by not having enough time to exercise. Um, exercise should always be intense if we want to reap the benefits and be deliberate with your exercise. But even if you only had 10 minutes, you can reap the benefits by making it an intense 10 minutes of exercise by doing some of these high intensity intervals. I know I've definitely had to do this before when I've run out of time and I'm crunched and you wouldn't believe the workout you can get in 10 minutes if you actually just push yourself for those 10 minutes. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Andrea, but just to give like a simple um, example, like if you want to work intervals into your cardio, if you're out for a run, sprint for 20 seconds, moderate pace for 10. Sprint for 20, moderate pace for 10. And just keep repeating that. And that would count as hit. Or, you know, if you're not out running, say you're in your home, do like one minute of high knees followed by 20 lunges. And just keep repeating that one minute of that um you know, fast cardio burst, and then more of a um, strength training exercise and repeat those through for 10 minutes, like we said, and that's a good benefit. So you could tell me if I'm wrong in that. But I think those are sort of two examples. Absolutely great examples. And there's so many options. So I think a lot of people can can find ones to kind of fit, like you said, their equipment, where they are, what they have. Um, But I mean, the point is, is to work hard and and make it happen, even if you only have a little bit of time. Exactly, exactly. You can always make it happen. But if we're working out, what's the next thing that we need? Water. So drinking more water can change your health. Okay, I love this one. I mean, this just seems like almost too simple to me. So um, just some basics. The human body is on average 60% water. So we're mostly water. So we could see, I think we can all get our head around that drinking enough water is important. So why? Well, it prevents kidney stones. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had a kidney stone yet. I hope I didn't just jinx myself. But to anybody out there who has, um, you know that that's painful. I know that. it's. I mean, it's intensely um, painful. So if you could prevent that by just drinking enough water, that seems seems like a good thing. Um, it aids in weight loss. It helps our digestion, which we already talked about how important digestion is. Um, it helps carry nutrients and oxygen to your cells. It flushes bacteria from your bladder. So we're talking bad black bad bacteria, get that out of there. It prevents constipation. It normalizes our blood pressure. It helps cushion our joints. It protects our organs and our tissues. And it regulates our body temperature. I'm sure I forgot some things. <laughs> That's like a pretty good list of a lot of important things. And so most times people will just go with the basic recommendation, like drink eight glasses of eight ounce water uh, a day and 
that's great, but this can really vary from person to person. So I think there's two easy ways to know if you're hydrated enough. The one is that you really shouldn't be feeling thirsty very, you know, very often. You don't want to be getting, by the time you got to the point of being thirsty, if that's happening to you throughout the day, then you're probably dehydrated. And the second way, um, and my kids love this one, they're happy oh. to jump in and help with anybody I know where you're going with this figure one. this out. And they'll, They'll make comments and just let people know. But um, what color is your urine? It should be colorless or light yellow. So um, just, you know, take a look. Take a look and see what color it was. And that'll tell you, mm, I better go drink some more. Or, hey, keep keep steady with the pace. I'm doing well. Um, but figure out what works best for you. Are you... Are you the kind of person who needs like the measured water bottle that you're going to refill throughout the day? Are you better if there's just one big jug that you put aside and that's what you have to consume all day? It doesn't matter how you do it. Just make it easy for yourself and get drinking. I know. I've seen all of those marketing of the big cups and the jugs and the labels and stuff. And it like you kind of chuckle that like what's the latest trend or fad. But you know what? If it gets people drinking water, who the heck cares what it is, right? It, it's it's serving its purpose of, you know, if you got, need a bigger cup to get more water in, that's great. But what if you're someone who doesn't really Absolutely. like water? Can we add flavor and still count it as water? Like, can we do some fruit, electrolytes, lemon? Where do we kind of fall on that? Does it still count towards our water count? Oh, good, good point. Um, water is always the best for hydration. So let's just start there. But I think any of the options you mentioned also work well. Um, so if putting some fruit or cucumbers and making your water a little fancy um, makes it more appealing to drink, then that's great. Um, and if you, if, if this, Anything that will basically make it more interesting and make you want to drink more of it, I'm a fan of, as long as water is the base in there. Electrolytes, you pointed out, they are great, and many of us can really benefit from these on a daily basis, but let me be clear that we don't need every drink throughout the day to be electrolytes. <laughs> All right, well, just use your imagination here. What if I'm an ultra-endurance athlete? Then, <laughs> then what do I need? <laughs> Okay, listen, sure. If you're an ultra endurance athlete, then absolutely you can have some more of these <laughs> electrolyte drinks. But let's, the reality is, most of us are not. So let's not overdo the electrolytes. They serve a great purpose, but um, to just, you know, keep it to a reasonable amount. One electrolyte drink, possibly a day. Um, again, watch, I'm going to throw this into, watch the sugar, watch the quality of it, because we know sugar's not great for us. So don't be. Don't be putting sugar in your water through the electrolyte drink that you don't realize is sneaking Ooh, in there. That's, so that's another That's a thing, really good but. point. A lot of them do have sugar in it that you don't need. Um, unless unless you're yeah, like me and you're absolutely. that ultra endurance athlete, then you, you probably do. There you it. go. <laughs> then that's right. Then that's a different conversation you need, though. So absolutely go with those. Oh, well, we hope that um, exploring some of these facts that you maybe had a chuckle or two, but maybe you've learned a few new things related to your health. And now it's time. I'm doing a call for action here. It's time to pick maybe one or two or maybe even three of these as takeaways to challenge yourself with. And let, and it's time to improve your health. We've given you some some steps that you can do. Start small, but let's get going on I it. I know. I do always love those steps and we say it a lot, but we're just trying to encourage building on your habits. Picking one thing to change or add each week and then you know, next week, add another and then another, and you won't even notice you're making those changes in a month or two months that you've, you know, you've totally rebuilt your habits. So um, that's kind of, we, we mentioned that a lot, those small habits of small changes, but um, we're just trying to give you that starting point to get you moving. So, but like we always like to say, it's the end of our episode. So thanks for joining the Sister Tipsters podcast with your hosts, Andrea and Marianne. And as always, 
If you like what you hear, drop us a comment, a like, a positive review, send us an email to hype us up, whatever you got. But the best is, why not share it with two of your friends? And if you have any did you know facts that you want to hear for next time, send those over to sistertipsters at gmail.com. And until then, you can join us for another episode next week.